the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Berry. This podcast is for grandparents who are on the go with their grandchildren, grandparents who want to hold special places in their grandchildren's hearts, and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. Welcome to episode two of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. Our guests for this episode are Amy Schischler, an author who has written several novels and two children's books, Scott Dreyer, who has breathed new life into the song and exercise program created by the President's Council on Physical Fitness in the 1960s, and Celeste Morningside, who shares memories of her grandmother. Good morning, Carolyn. Thank you for having me. My name is Amy Schisler, and I am a writer of novels and children's books. My first children's book is Crabbing with Granddad. It was never supposed to be a published book. I finished my first novel, and I was going through that arduous process of sending it off to publishers. Christmas time was approaching, and I had always kind of had this story in my head about spending the day on the water with my grandfather. This memories are very special to me. Those times are very special to me. And uh, and, and I've said this many, many times. I, I was closer to my grandparents than I, I was to anybody in the world. Not that my parents weren't wonderful, but there's just something about that that grandparent connection. So I wrote this book really as a gift to my family. We all spent time on the water crabbing with my grandfather children, his grandchildren. So I really just wrote this as a tribute to him. My memories of, of spending time doing that. I gave copies to everybody, my aunts, uncles, cousins, my parents and brothers, all of them agreed and really encouraged me that it should be a published book. So I went to work. My brother helped me put together the illustrations. So we went through pictures we had of us as kids crabbing with my grandfather and then filled it in with with pictures that he took for me and uh, we used to program to turn them into watercolor pictures that kids would like. Put it together and I actually self-published it because I really didn't think anybody would be interested in it. I didn't think that it would really have a, a wide appeal. Since then, I, I've written another children's book and I've written nine novels and I've probably sold more copies of Crapping with Granddad than any other book. Went way above any of my expectations. And uh, there are several counties in the state of Maryland that use it as part of their fourth grade Maryland history curriculum. I've gone into several classrooms and talked to the kids about crabbing and about this experience, because even here on the shore, the majority of the kids growing up don't have that life anymore. There aren't a lot of watermen and there aren't a lot of people going out there and taking their grandkids and having this experience. So that's been a lot of fun to share it with, with kids who are eager to learn about crabbing. Well, the book certainly has an emotional appeal with the grandparent-grandchild relationship, but it's also educational. You talk about the life cycle of a crab. You have a glossary in the back. I can see where schools would want to use this. And and that actually um, was not the case originally. I did talk about the life cycle of the crab. And I, I think I had the, the picture 
of the life cycle in the original book. But uh, after some teachers and librarians started using it, uh, some of them contacted me so that, that teachers and librarians would be able to, to use this not only in story time, but as part of their curriculum and in teaching about the crab and, and the life cycle and what all of those words mean that are associated with, with crabs and, and with the water, with the industry. The photography that your brother made into watercolors is just gorgeous. And I love that picture of you eating a crab. <laughs> well, I will share a secret with you. That is my daughter. Oh, okay. But if you look at the picture of me that is in the back of the book, <laughs> they, we look very, very similar at that age. She was about the right age, and my mother scoured through her photo albums and could not find any pictures anywhere of me at that age eating crabs or at any age as a child. And so I, we happened to have that picture of my daughter said, well, it looks like me. <laughs> So, uh, so that's what we used for that. We, we had a lot of fun digging through the pictures and, and putting it together. So tell us about Princess Brianna. Uh, so that is my book um, that's for uh, a little bit older children uh, to read on their own, probably second or third grade reading level, because it is a short chapter book, similar to the level of, say, a Magic Treehouse book. But it is a fairy tale about a princess whose parents are so worried about her that they keep her locked away in a tower because they don't want anything to happen to her. She's their only child. When she reaches the age that she wants to go out and live her life and see the world, her parents tell her only if she gets married. And of course, she does not like this at all. <laughs> you know, She tells her parents, fine, but I'm going to choose who I marry and I'm going to do this my way. They still won't let her leave the tower. So she says, well, the only one, I, only way I'm going to do this on my terms is if somebody can show me he's worth my love and he's worth being able to marry this princess and take me out into the world. And uh, they send out this proclamation and this young man, the son of a fisherman, probably the poorest family in the village, decides that he's going to win her heart. And so he actually writes her a book describing all of the things in the world that she cannot experience from the tower. Describes the animals and the flowers and how they smell and how they sound and the feel of the, the ocean waves. In the end, that's who she chooses. But of course, being a fairy tale, not before there is a sword fight with the uh, evil king of the next kingdom who wants to uh, marry her to expand his kingdom. So it was fun taking my, my knowledge of fairy tales and what has to be present in the book to make it a fairy tale and to weave a story into that. But also with some of those modern elements of a princess who's going to do what she wants to do and not be told how she's going to live her life. That should be made into a movie. Actually, I've had people tell me that, that they would love to see this be something that, that Disney does at some point, send it to them. But, but it's there. When they're ready and they come looking, I've got it for them. Thank you, Amy. Tell our listeners where they can find you and where they can find your books. The website is my name, Amy Schisler author.com. 
I'm also on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter and uh, Instagram. And lately I've decided that Instagram is my absolute favorite thing. So I try to put lots of fun things up there for people to see. Books can be found anywhere uh, that you buy books online. Uh, they're in print, they're in ebook, and they're also in audio. <laughs> In the 1960s, then-President John F. Kennedy authorized the President's Council on Physical Fitness. He recruited the composer of the Broadway show Music Man to write the song that would entice thousands of children to become physically fit. Fast forward several decades, and Scott Dreyer has breathed new life into that program. Listen to Scott tell his story. The name of the book is Chicken Fat the children's exercise book based on the song that was written for John F. Kennedy's Council on Physical Fitness. He actually inherited from Eisenhower a fitness program, but it wasn't defined. And he said, hey, I'm going to bring this into the schools, get the kids fit. And he asked Meredith Wilson, composer and author of The Music Man, which was a big hit on Broadway, to write a song for this as a showcase for this program. And he wrote the Chicken Fat exercise song, which is a marching song that takes kids through uh, 10 different exercises, push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks, uh, marching in place, running in place. And he does it with, you know, with rhyming words that are silly and fun. And it's a fun song to listen to. And it's a fun song to sing along to. And they made a 45 of the song. Robert Preston volunteered to sing it. And supposedly uh, a 45 was sent to every public school in the country. And I, I myself did it when I was in school back then. And in my school, they, they sold it for like 25 cents to raise money you know, for school functions. And I still have it. It really, it's the song that's credited with starting the whole fitness boom that would really take off a decade later. But it's really, the, they credit the President's Council on Physical Fitness for starting that whole program. So at the time, it was a record, just a 45 record. Flash forward to the 90s. Tell me how the video came to be. My kids were little and like, you know, all little kids, they used to mimic everything they saw. And I, I think if, if my memory, it, they were watching one of the Olympics where the girls were doing gymnastics and they were doing all the flips and uh, jumping and the, the, the rings and they were trying to do it, you know, jumping all over the place. And I said, wow, you know, I should go try to get a video for my kids so they can you know, do this type of stuff. Because at the time in the in the early 90s, mid 90s, your Blockbuster was the big thing. And I went to Blockbuster and they had some independent video stores. I could find nothing really or very little with for children's exercise. Really all I found was the Jane Fonda tape at the time and I actually rented that for them and you know it just didn't connect them. So I, I just thought, wow, this would be a great thing, you know. And one day I was talking about it with some childhood friends and I was telling them 
and they and we all remembered the chicken fat program and i said wow that would be great you know to make as for a kid you know and everyone has an idea you know but then they kind of like what are you supposed to do with it but i actually it wouldn't leave my mind i approached some friends we all chipped in really just a couple thousand dollars each i was in charge of trying to see if we could make a video i didn't have a computer and so I had to make phone calls. I think I called the New York W, you know, CBS, which is the oldie stations. And they kind of told me how to get someone that had, you know, had a copy of the song on cassette. And then I had to actually find out who owned the rights to the song. And it, it took uh, a good two years, but I actually hired a production company. I made a video because I felt it would, it, you know, there was a need for it, that people would like it, kids would like it, and that there was an audience like myself who would remember it as as a kid. And I think I was right, because I made this video and I called around, I wrote letters to different newspapers and magazines. And over a couple year period, I was able to get write-ups and reviews in, in a whole bunch of popular magazines like Woman's Day, Parenting, School Library Journal. I won a numerous industry awards. And I got, you know, they were all very, very positive. I got in newspapers. I was in the New York Post, Boston Globe, Los Angeles Times, and hundreds of smaller newspapers around the country. I actually got invited to be on the Today Show. And the video really connected with people. I received thousands of letters from kids, schools, and parents telling me that how much they liked it. You know, some telling me how much how they remembered it. I would get from like entire like grades of schools. I'd get like a hundred or two hundred letters. And what I did is I at this time I I got a computer and I printed up like uh, a certificate that I would send to kids. And I, I, I went to a printer, I made little like stickers that I would send the kids, anyone that wrote in. And you know, it really connected with, with the kids on the video. But eventually, and I, and I had a distributor that was distributing it to schools and libraries. And at the time I started selling it on Amazon, but someone posted the video on YouTube. And then, you know, if you can get it for free, why pay for it? I understand. And the sales kind of stopped. And, you know, I said, hey, this was great. I had a good run. And I connected with people. And that's what I wanted to do. And hopefully some of those kids, you know, I improved their life. You know, it's a great feeling. And, you know, it, it kind of was over. Several years ago, I got a call one day from Apple. About six months later, they came out with the commercial which I thought was something. Hey, you know, and and I believe that you know, whoever did that probably watched my video as a kid. And then last year on the show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, they actually used the song. So it, it just reinforces that people connect with this song because it's very unique. It's really the only song like that. It's the best song for children to exercise that there is. And I, I know, I feel that, I know that. There's nothing really that compares with it. And, you know, it connects with people.
now 20 years, 15, 20 years later, my daughters have boyfriends and one of my, one of the boyfriends says, hey, my friend is a, an artist and he has illustrated children's books. And I told him about your video and he wants to talk to you about a possibility of doing a book. So I spoke to him and I had to buy the rights to use the song and, and we made a, a book based on the words of the song, uh, which I'm now selling on Amazon. That's fabulous. And and you also have a website where people can listen to the song and see the video, correct? Yes, yes. So it, it really is worked out well that I have this video and it's already posted. So I have a, my website, which is uh, chickenfatkids.com. Easy enough to remember. You can go there. They have a link to Amazon. Takes you right there to buy the book. I also have a t-shirt that parents and kids, they love to wear it as like a uniform to encourage the kids to do it. The, uh, the little kids love sleeping in it as like, a, you know, pajamas or something. And it's super, super cute. And so you can go there and it's great because if you know, the kids can watch the video for free, so there's a, the video is offered, also just the audio of the song. So if they're not familiar, they can hear how the song goes. And so as they do the exercises, they can sing along. And so you know, once they see other kids doing it, and once they start doing it, and you see your kids, it's the cutest thing because you know they're learning to do it. And they can read along and exercise along. It's simple words. So it helps the kids learn to read. There's a lot of counting and and so they learn how to count and they learn how to read as they sing along. It's it's just great. This is something grandparents can do with their grandchildren, either in person in the same house, or they even can do it remotely via technology. I have in mind of, you know, getting the song ready and getting on getting on the computer and exercising with my grandchildren, even though they're a hundred miles away. It's good for fitness for children and adults. Be talking to your kids on whatever Zoom or FaceTime and the kids, you know, and, and it's so easy that they can then watch the video and you can watch them as they do it and they're talking to you and it's a, it's really seamless. And yeah, you can, like you said, you can be far away from the kids and still participate in what they're doing. Do you have any parting wisdom you would like to share? Teaching your kids from a young age to care about their health and their bodies and to take care of themselves is the, the younger you start, you get into good habits at a young age. Hopefully it'll carry you through the rest of your life. And, you know, I have found that from the letters I've gotten that it, this really teaches kids to have self-confidence in because they learn something. And when you can read and you feel like you you have a better self-image, very positive thing to carry through with you through life. And that's what we want for our kids. 
what else is better for kids than, than being healthy? My grandmother lived in a small, small town in North Florida called Apalachicola. I remember being in the bed, my grandma's bed, when I might have been about six or seven, and her making, I don't know what it is about this noise, um, but she used to go, right before she would, you know, give me a big old cuddle and a tickling kiss. And I still remember that. And I think all my sisters and my cousins will all have that. And then she just, oh my God. And that sound, that sound really just makes me feel all warm inside. Um, and she was just like that with all her grandkids. It's that, that, that cuddling, but it's that sound that brings back that memory of me cuddling in her bed uh, and her hugging me and kissing me and loving me and telling me how special I was. And, you know, my grandmother, she had about 15 grandkids and I'm sure we all felt the same way. I'm going to tell you a, a, also a story of, I was known to be uh, the naughtiest of all of the grandchildren. I was I was a naughty little girl and they'll they'll tell you we my we we talk and they say I'm the only one who's ever gotten the five. The five was a spanking. The five. My grandmother would say, you're gonna get the five. <laughs> Of course, no one ever got the five but me. When I was about five, um, I was at my grandmother's house. And I think my grandmother, my my aunts, my mother, they were all in the kitchen. And I think someone, I don't know who was um, um, straightening someone's hair. One of my mother's first cousin was in the front bedroom. And she was one who, wear, who wore a lot of makeup and stuff. And me being when I, my, while they were all busy, I kind of toddled into that room and got into her stuff. Well, my grandmother told me, don't you go in there and, 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 and bother that stuff. Being five, whatever the case may be, I dropped all her. Do you remember the, um, the set you would have and you would have the powder with the puff and you could puff the flower? I don't know if they make that anymore. But anyway, somehow I dropped it on the floor. Well, I was mortified. Um, and mortified is not the word for a five-year-old, maybe freaked out. Anyway, I got it all, I don't know how I did it, but I got it all up and I put it back uh, into the box and closed it up. And then I walked back into there and my grandmother looked at me and she said, have you been in, have you been in that room playing in her stuff? No, ma'am. Well, I did clean everything up except for my feet and my grandmother had wood floors. So there were all these tiny, footprints <laughs> on the rooms covered in flour <laughs> to the kitchen. Well, I got the five <laughs> and we still laugh at that. And my grandmother, I mean, she, we could truly say she never had a bad word to say about anyone. She was the most kind and loving and forgiving and sweet woman you would ever, she was just, she never had a if, if someone stole, she'll say, well, they probably needed it. Or, but she just didn't have a, a bad word to say about anyone. She was very, very religious. She was very into her church and her Bible and Bible study and doing the right thing and very righteous and respectful. And a lot of the mores and a lot of my ethics and my work ethics and my belief system came from my grandmother through my mother. We have, we have lots of lots of great memories, but those are two that really, really stick out. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Adventures with Grammy podcast. If you did, I would like for you to do two things for me. One, 
hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes of the podcast and ask your family members and friends to do the same. The second thing is to visit the website adventureswithgrammy.com and look on the menu bar and click on the link newsletter sign up. That will give you access to my monthly newsletter. Also, ask your family members and friends if they will sign up too. Please feel free to contact me, Carolyn at adventureswithgrammy.com, with any comments or suggestions.